Hello, this is the You Dumb Dumb Politic Podcast. My name is Daddy, and I am Dumb Dumb. You're You Dumb Dumb. Say uh, your name, You Dumb Dumb. I'm JT. Okay, this is JT and Dad, and we're two Dumb Dumbs. We're discussing politics. The theme of this podcast is that we each think the other is dumb, so we discuss the affairs of the day and things throughout history under the general rubric of insulting each other's intelligence. This guy is a, is a dumb centrist. Right. Okay, so that's one of the things we argue about, is I'm a centrist. I believe in two things. What are the two things I believe in? Markets. Thank you. What else? Data. Okay. What happens if you have markets and data? Markets. Data. And then what happens? Centrism. And then what happens to all the people? How do they feel? They're all great. Yeah, <laughs> problem solved. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a socialist. Right. Dad doesn't like that. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a Bernie pro. <laughs> and your feeling is that Jeremy Corbyn lost because he wasn't liberal enough, apparently, right? No, it was because of Brexit. Okay, does everyone okay. understand who Jeremy Corbyn was? Explain Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, he, was, he was a former British uh, leader of the opposition and leader of the Labour Party in Britain. He was sort of historically left-wing. He was elected in 2015 after the defeat of Ed Miliband in the 2015 general election. And Jeremy Corbyn won that election um, in this sort of big, huge upset. And then he proceeded to gain seats in the post-Brexit 2017 election, but recently in the 2019 election, after facing off against Boris Johnson, this very pro-Brexit, sort of pop right-wing populist, Trump-style politician, Jeremy Corbyn lost. And Dad's like, oh, I want to see your socialism being bad. Oh. Okay, so Jeremy Corbyn is the leader of the Labour Party. Yes. And the Labour Party, the last two prime ministers of the Labour Party were who? Uh... Uh, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. Exactly. And they were what kind of people? Centrists. Exactly. They were centrists. <laughs> when was the last time Labour actually had a, a socialist leader that became prime minister? A long time ago. Name him. You know who he is. Uh, it was uh, James Callahan. Or Harold Wilson, depending on who, how you, who you think. When was James Car- Car- Callahan? Callahan was never elected. He was 76 to 79. Wilson was elected in 74. Who was the leader before Thatcher? Uh, Callahan. Yeah, 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 and and right, right. Yeah. Okay, so that and so and again, he was so it's been what to seventy four until now. Since you've had a socialist leader of the, of Great Britain, seventy nine until now. Seventy nine until now. So forty years. Oh, forty years. But it's gonna come back around again, like Elvis haircuts and stuff like that. <laughs> You're like, oh, Socialism's coming I love back. I my Elvis haircuts. It's Here coming back. It's coming back. This whole centrism thing is gonna prove to be a fad. Centrism is is in decline, dummy. There's a lot a lot of populism rising up. People don't like centrism because people don't like the status quo. Dad's like, oh, everyone loves the status quo here. Oh, people were like, I love the status quo so much. I'm going to elect Donald Trump. Oh, here I go. I'm supporting the status quo by electing Donald Trump. Well, oh. people are somewhat unhappy about things, but Donald Trump didn't even win the popular vote. But he, you admit that he won because of this populist platform on the Midwest. If you see where the Republicans gained, they gained in the often traditionally Democratic Rust Belt. Obama won the Rust Belt twice in a row, 2008, 2012. He swept the Rust Belt, even very marginal states like Iowa. Trump massively demolished in those states. He won in Iowa like Reagan did. You and, can't, and so, you can't admit so that that is, doesn't mean anything. So your theory is those people voted for a billionaire because there wasn't an opportunity to vote for a socialist. But if we just gave him a socialist instead... Oh, come on, Dad. You know what I mean. There's two anti-establishment candidates in that election. There is Trump and Sanders, both with very different platforms. Again, plenty of people would have supported both. 
they just dislike the establishment. You hear that a lot of those sort of rural Midwestern voters. They just wanted to stick. They wanted to change something. They knew the current system was bad, and they wanted to change it somehow. So they voted for Trump. But the, I just don't think there's any, a lot of evidence of any of them actually voting for socialists all over anywhere in the world. Really, I think socialism is in profound decline. Trump, Trump won West centrism. Oh, Sanders won West Virginia. He won Michigan. In the he primaries, won states. Oh, let's not get into primary mathematics. Okay, so uh, you talk. All right, let me let's 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 keep the subject moving. Who do you think will win the 2020 Demo- Democratic nomination, buddy? I think Biden will take it very easily. Okay, you done. And it down a little. No, I think they can hear me. And if Sanders wins, I think we're doomed. And there's no way we win the. We're doomed. There's no, doomed, there's no way I the Democrats. Because Americans don't want to vote for socialists. They just don't want to vote for socialists. There are very few. There are very few. There are very few categories. There are very few elections in which socialists actually win in America, or anywhere else in the world for that matter. Like socialism has declined. Progressives can win uh, marginal seats. There's plenty of members of the Progressive Caucus are in marginal seats in the Midwest. Mostly, the midterms went to the moderate Democrats, right? The 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 centrist. The more centrist coalition of Democrats was the one that gained more votes, right? The new Democrats. The new Democrats, who were the centrists, gained more vote, gained more seats in the midterms than the Progressive Caucus. But that was didn't really indicate, really. The, the, the main thing of the 2018 election was just people voting for the Democrats. I doubt those new voters were signing up to vote in the primaries to vote for their specific centrist or progressive choice. They just voted Democrats. And the Democrats in those red districts just happened to be centrists running against them all right i mean i don't think i'm going to convince you that bernie sanders is the wrong nominee for this cycle so you think uh, joe biden you're like oh this this guy gaff prone guy just just gaff prone is trump he'll, he'll win trump in those debates he'll be like mr trump i do not support your soviet union policy and then his brain's well, gonna uh, leak out of his ears i think uh, given the choice between biden and sanders i'd much rather have biden be the nominee because i think he's far more likely to win but Biden I mean, if I had a magic a... wand, I could make Mayor Pete the nominee or Cory oh, Booker the nominee. But Cory Booker in the house. Oh Corey, God, Corey, Booker, Corey in the house will win. Cory Booker dropped out. What do you mean, Cory in the house? What does Corey that even mean? That early two thousands TV show, Cory in the house. There was a there was a show called Cory in the <laughs> it house. It was really bad. Oh. I might have had a movie. I can't remember. I All right. <laughs> I don't know why you have to make fun of Cory Booker. He looks a lot like Vin Diesel, which should be a prerequisite for getting the nomination he in the first place. He looks like reason. Vin Diesel. How could we go wrong nominating a guy that looks like nerdy Vin Diesel? Who doesn't want? Vin Diesel is exactly Vin, who should become president. Like nerdy Vin, Vin Diesel. He looks like Vin Diesel, but a dork. Yeah, like nerdy, really dorky Vin ner, Diesel. Ner, exactly. We agree on something. Nerdy Vin Diesel. Dorky I Vin he, Diesel. I think he actually might make a good vice president because he's very good at making speeches. He's just not good at rising in the polls. People don't want him to be president. Yeah, and I think he has. Friend. And I think he has pretty good re- retail political skills in terms of turning out African American voters. I mean, he has experience with working in the African American community. Yeah, again, quite a bit, again, you should just send him to. He was, send him he back did, and he forth. He did real between, t- retail politics, right? So. Said just send him back and tr- forth between Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Flint over and over again. Yeah, and and, and Milwaukee, right? Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, there's definitely an African American turnout in, in in Milwaukee that can make a difference. Uh, but you uh, also need a candidate who can also turn out Midwestern white people on favor of the Democrats. And Joe Biden is not that person. Trump is going to easily smash him as the establishment man. And he, the Midwestern voters, as you saw in 2016, do not like the establishment. All right, I think we should change topics and no longer talk about current voters. I think we should talk about characters throughout history. What so, sort of character? Well, I think we should, ev- we should ev- evaluate our relative opinion of somebody in history. So... We, I, I'll give you a couple of choices. Should we talk about Winston Churchill, Andrew Jackson, 
or Charles de Gaulle? How about uh, you know most, we know most about uh, Winston Churchill? So let's talk about Winston. Yeah, Churchill. this is a constant source of disagreement between us. You must with an the imperialist of, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Whether Winston Churchill is a good guy or a bad guy. So bear in mind, I I I I'm a big fan of Winston Churchill because I think it. I think when, this is my thesis on why Winston Churchill is the greatest Britain. Ooh. Okay, so. Can we sing Rule Britannia for a second? No. Rule Britannia. Britannia rule the waves. Britain will never be slaves. Okay, well, if we had, we had a bigger budget, we could have a sound effect. But this is my Winston Churchill thesis in a nutshell for why Winston Churchill was the greatest Britain and thus probably the greatest man of the 20th century. So absent Winston Churchill, Great Britain would have been far more likely to, quote-unquote, find peace with Hitler, right? And obviously, that the, Hitler was never going to agree to any peace treaty, but yet there was an appeasement movement in Britain, right, even up until the time when Winston Churchill took over the, the, the prime minister role. If, had Winston Churchill not been alive, likely, likely somebody with a, who was less opposed to appeasement, appeasement would have been prime minister. Great Britain would have, would have opened the doors to the Nazis taking over Great Britain, essentially. It would have, you know, Great Britain would have gone the same route as France for all intents and purposes. Therefore, that would have prevented any kind of D-Day invasion in World War II. And as a result, either Nazi Germany would have would have defeated the Soviets or the Soviets would have defeated Nazi Germany, but all of Europe would have been under totalitarian rule to include Great Britain, which would have been a terrible, terrible, terrible turn of human events. And so essentially, Winston Churchill saved us from totalitarianism for some kind of Orwellian 1984 nightmare that could have really happened. And I'm willing to forgive him saying mean things about Gandhi and the Kolos Gandhi war and being a fan of, you know, uh, the white man's burden and all that. I mean, it's that stuff is makes him imperfect by modern standards, but it pales in comparison to the good that he did in saving the world from totalitarianism. So that's my that's my pro Churchill argument. My counter argument is that Winston Churchill's anti-appeasement stance was not unique. And in fact, the main anti-appeasement forces weren't just Churchill. Churchill was just a big, oh, oh, oh I'm Churchill, I'm going to yell very loudly. He didn't do many of the actual strategy. He didn't do much of the domestic planning. He was just a, a big uh, bulldoggy mascot. Again, the only reason he was able to uh, push an anti-peace um, uh, thing where you kept Britain kept staying in the war was that uh, the Labour Party their cabinet ministers that he recruited into the government of national unity voted against the peace offer. And Churchill was only able to uh, stay in the war because of Attlee, uh, Clement Attlee, a future prime minister's vote, and one other labor rando from the 40s. I can't remember their dorky names. They're like, oh, oh, oh I'm Abelt Morrison. Ho, ho, ho. It was some fellow like that. Anyway, my point is uh, Winston Churchill was basically just a mascot for broader anti-peace forces. Again, the domestic situation was run almost entirely by Clement Attlee, the, the uh, deputy prime minister. He ran the economy and the munitions and the, the war economy and everything. That was one of the reasons he was able to win the election in 1945, because he said, not that all that much will change. I'm already running a lot of the country. Um, Churchill was basically just involved in a few overall wartime planning. A lot of the things went to the individual British generals who were very good. And often, Churchill had very bad instincts. For example, when he sent those British ships and they got sunk by the Japanese. He's Look, like, a few mistakes were made. 
Mistakes were made. A few mistakes were made. There He's a like, few how, accidents there. <laughs> how can how can Blade shoot down ships? Stupid little, thing I ever heard. Oh, yeah. Well, the, a, a variety of people made a variety of leaders fail in, in World War II failed to understand that the the new tactics that were enabled by you know technology that at the time was cutting edge, such as planes that can shoot down ships, that kind of blew everyone's minds, and also the the relative ways in which. Play, the, the ways in which planes and tanks and armored troop personnel carriers could work in concert. All that stuff, I think, was probably not that well understood and caught people by surprise in all sorts of ways. But I think Winston Churchill still remains as the only leader that could have unified Britain in an anti-appeasement movement because he was the one that had the credibility of being in the wilderness in the 30s for this, for, for this very reason, right? He, the, the payoff for spending all those years um, spouting off against the Nazis and, and repeating over and over again that Hitler will not abide by any sort of treaties was that when Hitler finally proved his true, his true nature and that he was unwilling to abide by any treaties, uh, Churchill was the one who was able to credibly unite the nation. I don't, I don't see another had if you're a world in which Churchill dies of a heart attack in 1940 or whatever, I don't think that's a world in which Adley is able to unite the Brits against appeasement in the same way that Churchill was. Um, but sure, um, Atley was a, you know, Churchill was, a, I think, kind of well known for not really like worrying his pretty head too much about domestic policy. He liked. He hated math. He was always horrible yeah. at math. That, why did Stanley Boulder make him Chancellor of the Exchequer? Like, basically, Secretary of the Treasury in the U.S. That was the stupidest decision he could have ever made. Like, in the 20s, he made him Chancellor of the Exchequer, which was so dumb. That's like the opposite of the kind of position you want to give Churchill. He is literally horrible at math. You give him a war position. Yeah, like maybe anything else. Maybe he was. I think maybe he was trying to punish Churchill. I can't remember the details of why Churchill ended up as Chancellor of the Exchequer. But he just, he just, I think mostly what he did was like, didn't he have a deputy chance, deputy Chancellor of the Exchequer that did all the heavy lifting for him? And I think he just followed some like simple like guideline or some some simple template. It would be like if you were like the coach of the Dallas Cowboys or something. You would be like third and long pass, first and ten run, second down pass. No matter what, like that would be Jasper coaching the NFL. And it would like it would work some of the time, and most of the time it wouldn't work. Okay, so we've been going on for almost fifteen minutes. I think we should wrap up our inaugural episode of the You Dumb Dumb podcast. So again, this is Daddy. Um, I dumb dumb. Oh, I rats. I think I called JT by his real name in there, but maybe no one will notice. So this and this is also say your name. You're JT. I'm JT. And you're also dumb dumb. I am also dumb dumb. Okay. Thank you, Internet World. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. We'll come back later with another episode. Bye.